I first met Zip um, through a case competition at that the BBC held, uh, and it was kind of a last minute kind of thing, right? Uh, spring of last year, uh, or was it even fall? It was fall of last year, right? 2022. And it was such a wonderful experience for our, our students, um, both the case competition and, and meeting everybody on your work team and all your colleagues and the BBC in general that uh, I was not going to let you go, Zip. <laughs> you were just so student-centered and so caring about uh, the people involved in a holistic way that I thought you were a wonderful role model, um, both in a business uh, capacity and on a personal capacity, that I really treasure our relationship. And I thank you for being here. Thank you, Kate. Um... And I'm very glad that you think of me as a friend because I hope secretly hope that uh, I can call you a friend as well. So I'm originally from Vietnam and then I came to the US for school, uh, for college. But through uh, six years in school, you know, four years of undergrad and then two more years in my MBA, I have to say that, you know, it's very rare that you come across someone like Kate because she's. Everything that she said about me, funny enough, I, that's how I feel about it. I find that your podcast, and I am, there is a question here someplace, but I find that the, your podcast does deal with empathy in, in, a, in a great, in a great way, you know, in a big, in a big way. So um, maybe could you share with us a time where you thought, oh, I, I should adapt, I should adjust in my communication? Yeah, I think that I have to, I learn about empathy through my own experience as well. And it is because there are times when I feel disappointed or there are times when I feel offended or I feel hurt mm. by someone else's words. and. I know that I feel upset and I feel, and on the other hand, there are times when I feel happy, when I feel encouraged, when I feel empowered by someone else's words as well. So understanding how I feel and whether it's, it's a good feeling or whether it's not such a good feeling, it allows me to, number one, like I want to do more of the things that can make other people feel happy, like how I feel happy, mm -hmm. and avoid doing the things that may have caused someone else feel upset, like how I have felt upset. Mm -hmm. So really tune in my feelings when, you know, when I communicate with others and reflect on that. And also on the other hand, sometimes, I may have said something that upset someone else, mm. you know. So, so if I notice that, I, I never want to do that again. Or if I say something that I know that, you know, people tell me that I'm inspired by you or I'm very, I feel empowered by you, I want to do more of that. Mm -hmm. So I think that adaptation or adaptability is, the, is a very important skill set not only in communication, but also in life. 
it doesn't mean that you have to let go of your authentic self, but how can you be better? You know, how can you be your better self? And that allows me to adapt my communication to different people. Let me give you an example. So that's one thing. I think this is actually important for for this group as well. I know that there are a lot of times you guys will need to reach out to someone, right? Let's say you have a potential employer that you want to apply to, or you know someone in a target company that you want to um, have a conversation with, or you want to have like a coffee chat with someone and you want to reach out to that person. The mistake that I see a lot of the students have made is assuming the person they are reaching out to is their friend right from the beginning. And instead of, you know, going with a formal way of reaching out, like how we are taught in school, you know, in, in school you are taught to be more formal in, in writing, right? Because in real life it's less formal. But I would say that it's never too formal when you want to reach out to someone and ask for their time. It's never too formal to reach out to someone when you want to ask for their time. It's the same thing with it's never too formal to dress up for an interview. Mm. And why I'm saying that is because people come from different cultures, right? So the culture where I'm from, you know, I'm Asian. In Asian culture or in Vietnamese culture, we are very respectful of the elders or people who are more senior than us. In America, it's a lot more flat, right? It's just you and I. So, hmm. so Kate, who is a lot more senior than me, right? Uh, but Kate think of me like a friend. Hmm. And I, you know, I, I think that you know, for the lack of a better word, I also think of her as a friend. But in my mind, there's always this sense of huge respect that I have for Kate. You know, because in my culture, I would have to use different words to address someone who is senior than me, more senior than me or older than me. Because I want to show them my respect. And the mistake that I see a lot of the students have done when they reach out to people who they want to have their time and talk to you, but they have not really built that deep connection with that person yet, is starting by saying, hey, you know, or calling uh, or sending a very casual message to someone when you haven't really built that deep connection with that person. And Kate knows this, even though we have developed our relationship throughout time and to this point I think that we are very close but Kate knows that I would never talk to her uh, in a disrespectful tone or too casual you know because I want her to know that I really respect her regardless and that's my culture and I think it is a very important thing for you guys to know um, that, again, going back to empathy, communication, understanding, 
being effective in in communication is not to assume someone else will perceive your message and your tone the way that you are intentional about it. That's that's really interesting, um, and I'm glad you brought this up. This aspect of of intercultural com- communication because we did have some spirited conversations in class about this. Um, this is a two-part question. Perhaps you can uh, talk briefly about your own experience in changing cultures. And, and I didn't get to talk about or introduce like where you went to undergrad and what kind of intercultural <laughs> complexities there were at Cuca College, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I went to Cuca College for my undergrad school. So it's a small school. Some of you may know, some of you may not know. It's upstate New York. You know, it's closer to Canada. And even I thought that I was going to New York City. Uh, so I was very naive at that time. But, you know, I, I when I went there, I was the second generation of international student. And in a way, you know, when I was there, it was new. Not many people looked like me. Most of the students, they were white. Um, and a lot of, I mean, we also, it's, it's a diverse community there. But at that time, I was new, you know, to, to that culture and and vice versa. So when I, and I really like my time then, but it's so different from where I grew up because I'm from uh, Hanoi. You know, some of you may know it's the capital of Vietnam. So I'm new used to the city and then when I went to upstate uh, it was the opposite it's very quiet very peaceful which allowed me to really explore myself and try different things but because it's such a new environment I have to adapt to the environment you know and at the same time I want to help others to understand my culture or our culture as international students coming from different countries. So I never, I never have this uh, thought in my mind that, oh, like they have to understand me. No. Or I I would never feel, I think that it was, uh, there, there are times when people could feel offended, you know, like when someone, didn't really understand your culture and communicate in a way that may offend you. But in my mind, I, I understand that they did not have the exposure that allowed them to understand my culture. So I took it as my responsibility to help educate the student body that in the way that I can control. So what I did was to, uh, I, I founded the international club there so that I can uh, hopefully bridge the gap of uh, the cultural gap of the American students and the international students and bring everyone together. I have a question. Um, How often do you feel the responsibility like when you were in school like to educate people amongst like your culture and that because I feel like it's not up to you to, you know, come on. I mean, try to educate and there's like an empathy level. But how often do you feel like it's 
your responsibility to like yeah if, if it makes yeah. sense i get your question and thank you for asking it's to answer to your question i always take it on myself when i know something i'm unhappy I'm about you know so why i'm saying this is because i never want to think that um there's nothing that i can do <laughs> and i want to be able to do what i can to help change the things that i'm unhappy about you know if if we think that our life is dependent on other people we will live our life feeling unhappy you know but in any cases when i know that i'm unhappy i would first look inward and see first of all is it me or is it something else you know did i do something that i could change first and then secondly if it is the environment then how can i make the environment more inclusive for someone like me how can i create my own culture you know how can i set an example and inspire others to to bring change with me that's how you create a movement you know and i think that oftentimes we think that there's nothing we can do about something that we are unhappy about but um in my experience i think that the people who can bring change are the ones who believe that they can <laughs>